Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hi, everyone. It is so, so great to be with you today. Um, Just to kind of carry on introducing us, I'm aware that might be a new face to some people. Um, We, Tom and myself, have been a part of Equip along with uh, some other people for the last two years and that has just, we owe so much to that. Um, We've just kind of grown uh, so much through that and just really become uh, kind of who we're meant to be. We also uh, got married this year. We were one of the, it seemed like there were endless weddings um, this year and we were one of the the couples who who got married Uh, and some of you guys were there with us, quite a lot of you guys and we just felt so loved. We had just the best, best day. Um, And Another thing, uh, and this is a bit different, that it will be uh, good for you guys to know about me is that it seems that every time I kind of get up here, um, I seem to end up telling everyone about my fitness fails. Um, And so last time I spoke to our young people uh, at Threads, which is our uh, youth Uh, youth service that we do monthly on Sundays. Um, I asked them kind of how long it had been since I went to the gym. Um, To give you guys an update, I've now quit the gym. Um, So that didn't go too well. Um, And it seems to be this recurring theme that I tell everyone about my fitness fails. So I was like, why break tradition now? Let's just continue. Let's tell you guys about another one. And the the latest one is that Tom and I decided we were going to try and do this thing called Couch to 5K. And um, what that basically is, is it's kind of like a running program where it kind of, uh, you download this app uh, and it kind of gradually increases like the intensity of your runs until kind of eventually you end up running like 5k non-stop. At least that's kind of, that's what I think it is and that's what I've been told it is because I haven't actually downloaded the app yet. Um, so that hasn't gone too well either. Tom's on like run number four four or five or something, yeah, I haven't downloaded the app, so that just lets you know kind of where I'm at in terms of that kind of stuff. And uh, one of my favorite things about the gym when I did go uh, was the classes. Um, Went to a gym where they run a lot of classes, and uh, one of the ones that I went to was uh, a Zumba class. And you guys might have heard about Zumba, it became quite big like a few years ago. Has anyone ever been to Zumba, done Zumba, done a Zumba class? Oh, not many of us, actually. Leon, ever done a... No? Hmm. I'm doubtful, I'm doubtful. Um, And uh, so anyone who has been will know that kind of the key to Zumba, what it is, is it's kind of this uh, dance form of exercise where you kind of... uh, You're not kind of making a dance routine, but you're following on kind of from an instructor and doing these kind of dance moves. And um, the key with Zumba is like constant movement like you don't stop it's not fun Um, well it is fun but you know you don't stop it's constant movement and that's how you kind of get your exercise and I'd love to share a story with you guys today of someone in the Bible who did their fair share of moving about. Um, They didn't do any Zumba, as far as I can tell, but you never know. Um, And I'd love to talk to you guys about this guy called Jonah. And to give you guys a little bit of background to Jonah, um, the story of his life is uh, conveniently found in a book of the Bible called Jonah, so that's really helpful. Um, And it's in the Old Testament, which is kind of the first half of the Bible. Um, This is all taking place before Jesus' life, before he lived and died and rose again, that we believe. And uh, we're going to read firstly from Jonah 1, verse 1 to 6, which should come up for us. And it says, The word of the Lord 
came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so we will not perish. And uh, what's happening here is God is asking Jonah to go and deliver this message to uh, the people uh, in Nineveh, this place called Nineveh. Um, And these kind of would not have been uh, Jonah's people. They wouldn't have been maybe people that knew uh, the God that Jonah knew. Um, They wouldn't... uh, have really resonated with him and we can see from the story that he's quite unwilling to do it so unwilling in fact that he actually runs away he runs in the complete opposite direction as far away as he possibly can to this place called Tarshish which is um, like modern day Spain and we can kind of see why he would want to go there I've been to Spain it's it's pretty nice Um, and Jonah was faced with a decision he had a decision to make of whether he would go to a place where he didn't want to go, where um, the people disliked him, maybe even wanted to hurt him. They definitely weren't probably going to listen to what he was saying when he was kind of rebuking, kind of telling them to repent, telling them they've done wrong. Or he could go to what's behind door number two and he could go and have a lovely time on holiday, sunbathing, chilling by the pool in Spain. And uh, I'm sure we're all very surprised, like I am, that he chose Spain, he chose to head in the opposite direction to Nineveh. He made a decision that these people weren't worth talking to. Maybe he uh, told himself that he'd go and do some good elsewhere, that maybe he even convinced himself that God didn't really say he had to go there. It was just a suggestion. Um, And don't don't we do that sometimes? Um, We take total control over our own lives, our own decisions, We tell ourselves that we'll do good and we'll make a difference as long as we can go where we want to go. That we'll be so, so good at listening to God and doing what he wants us to do. But there's just this one thing. There's just this one thing that we need to be in control of. And that's what we do with our lives. And uh, we'll continue on with Jonah's story now. Uh, And it says that in uh, Jonah 1, uh, 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, they're talking to Jonah, what should we do? Uh, to you to make the sea calm down for us Jonah says pick me up and throw me into the sea he replied and it will become calm I know that this is my fault that this great storm has come upon you instead the men did their best to row back to land but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before and Jonah has this moment of clarity Um, he saw what needed to happen he knew that he needed to be thrown overboard and he says that to the men and they say no 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 there's no way that's going to happen they tried to row back to land they tried to forge their own path they tried to fight for control when actually to get things back under control they had to do something really counterintuitive and they had actually to surrender And that can be the hardest thing to do. And I'm totally speaking to myself on this one as well, to let go of control. And uh, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian today, that's that's okay. You can kind of relax a little bit when it comes to me uh, saying it's important for us to follow where God is leading. 
But I do think there's something uh, really important that, that speaks to all of us here, whether we know God or not. And that's the fact that there's something inside all of us, I believe, that really longs for more that longs for movement, some sense of adventure in, in somewhere in some shape or form. And the thing is, is that there's something about movement. And uh, this time of year is quite significant in that as well. Um, like we've kind of already spoken about, September, this is a massive time of kind of change. And I was chatting to my mom a little bit when I was kind of planning this because I like to kind of run some ideas by her. And what she said was she said that for her, like September is more of a new year than new year itself. And that can be the case for a lot of us kind of for the first uh, 16 or so years of our life when we're in school, like school starts at September. It's a big time of change, like especially for a lot of you guys here. Um, and we've reached that point today it's the very first day of September in fact and where we move is important guys we have an opportunity now as September begins to first look around at where we are what our days look like what our lives look like and to decide that we want more and uh Please hear me rightly, I'm definitely not advocating that we all go quit our jobs and move to Nineveh, um, because that would not be fun. Um, But where is your Nineveh? Where is somewhere where you can have more, where you can do more, maybe even give more? And it's so hard to get that right every day. Uh, I definitely don't, but the direction that you're facing determines the way that you'll walk. And I went on a short little break over bank holiday weekend. We had such a good time. We went to uh, my great auntie's house. He lives in Yorkshire. And it is completely in the middle of nowhere. I absolutely love it. Um, It was great. The only things to do over there really is to go for a walk. There's like walks or the pub. That's it. Um, Those are the two things. And uh, they're the most beautiful walks. And one day, uh, Tom and I went for a walk along the beach. Um, and we had walked quite a long way. We were kind of quite deep in conversation. Um, I find that, you know, on the beach, there seems to be this thing about the beach where you can just, you can walk so far and you you haven't even realised. And uh, what happened is we turned around after a little while. We were like, oh my goodness, we've been walking for ages. Turned around and we couldn't even see where we'd come from. And Jonah had a moment like that. But the difference is, is that he wanted to not be able to see where he'd come from and where God was asking him to go. But what he didn't expect was to not be able to see that because in the end he ends up in the belly of a fish, which we'll we'll hear about now. Um, So continuing on, it says, Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So to head back into the story, I told you that Tom and I had been for this walk along the beach, and we couldn't see where we'd come from. But unlike kind of walking in the forest or somewhere else, we weren't lost. Um, As a side note, I did get lost once. well, many times, but this is just one of the stories. Uh, up Clent, I was with uh, the scouts at the time. Um, we were practicing uh, like map orienteering, map reading. Guess who was in charge of reading the map? 
yeah, it was me. We ended up so lost. It was ridiculous. Um, they were about to send a search party out for us, but then we finally found our way back. Um, just as another little side note to this story as well, um, this summer I had the great opportunity of uh, going to Limitless with our young people. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I really, really did. Um, and there we sang a song called As You Find Me by Hillsong United. And uh, I'd love to just mention a couple of the lyrics, which I really think speak into Jonah's story and, and ours as well. And one of the lyrics there says, I was found before I was lost. And I think this tells us that no matter where we are, we're never, ever too far to be found. Regardless of whether you know God today or not, you're never truly lost. We're never truly lost. Because we were found before we even had the opportunity to be lost. And the song also has this other line. And it says, your love's too good to leave me here. And I've spoken a lot about movement and how important that is to life in general. And, but it's important to highlight that the reason behind this, like that the movement I'm talking about is not about kind of getting ahead. It's not about uh, movement for movement's sake. But actually, it's all about, it all comes down to love. That his love is too good to leave us in the places that we're not meant to be. I find that there's something really interesting in verse 12. And I kind of just passed over it really quickly when I read it out. But it's the fact that it says, God provided the fish that swallows Jonah. And that seems so strange. Like, why would God do that to him? It's definitely not a nice environment to be in. But I think what's important here to see is that um, the fish took him from the place he was running from, from the storm that he found himself in, in the process. And the fish took him to dry land. God's love was too good to leave him there, in the middle of a storm, heading in the wrong direction. And in those days that Jonah spent inside the fish, because it said he spent three days and three nights inside, his situation, it changed externally. He ended up in a different place geographically. The fish moved and him with it. And Jonah changed internally too, because he ends up uh, on a beach afterwards. And God asks him a second time to go to Nineveh. And this time he ends up in the place he was meant to be all along. God's love was too good to leave him there in that place. And God's love was too good to leave him as who he was, running away. And just like there was a way back for Jonah when Tom and I were on the beach, we knew that there was a way back. That as long as we followed the shoreline, that we'd end up back where we started from. We'd end up back on track. And that's because no matter how far you've walked along the beach, you're always next to the sea. And no matter how far we feel like we might have walked... Or wandered, because sometimes like, it might not even be intentional like Jonah. We just kind of have those moments of like, how did I get here? But God is always close. There's always a way back from where we may have walked to. And in the end, after being swallowed by a big fish and spat out again, which is pretty gross, uh, Jonah finds himself on a beach, like I mentioned. And uh, Tom's going to pick the story up for us from there. Amazing. Um, I want to tell you guys a quick story to help us um, illustrate or kind of explore uh, Jonah's life, I guess. Um, and so this story is based um, in Munich, and it happens a stag do. Um, and it's a pretty ridiculous story. Um, and there's a group of guys who are on this stag do, um, and let's just say they're having a good time. Um, and one of the other guys that was there was having a really good time, and he decided, I'm going to go for a little walk. I'm going to go just walk the streets of Munich, see where the night takes me, um, and I'm just going to see what happens. And so this guy goes for a walk in the streets of Munich, 
and he's just wandering around. And after a couple of hours, he looks at his watch, and he's like, oh, it's like four or five o'clock in the morning. And he, he, he's trying to find his way back to the hotel, only to realize he can't even remember the name of the hotel. Um, so he was in a bit of a situation. And so he walked and tried to find people that spoke English, and he, he wasn't having much success. And so he found a taxi driver. And he tried to get this taxi driver to let him into the cab and to get him back to something familiar, something that kind of resembled something he knew. But this taxi driver was having absolutely none of it. He could see how much he was staggering and, and how much of a state he was in and that he had no money, so he wasn't going to help this guy out. And he kind of pushed him and set him on his way. And then, so this guy kind of walks around the streets of Munich again for another hour or so, and he finds a bus station. He's in this bus station, and he sees all these coaches. And, he's, and he tries to walk up to one of these coach drivers and, and tries to barter his way onto the coach. And, and the, the, the driver had the same response as the taxi driver. He was having none of it. There's no way you can get onto this coach. No way. Find something else. And so this guy decides, okay, I'll walk away. And he turns around, and the, to- and the coach driver's back is facing away. And the luggage hold is open. And you can see where this is going. And he thought that that was the best place for a nap right now. Now, I love naps, right? I'm, I consider myself a professional napper. Like, I, I really love naps, but a luggage hold and a coach, probably not the best place. But he sees this opportunity, and ninja style kind of rolls into this luggage hold and decides, I'm going to go for a sleep. And so he, he goes to sleep. He wakes up five hours later when the luggage hold doors are prying back open and he sees daylight. And he runs out and the coach driver's amused. He can't really believe what's just happened. And he runs around in circles for a while and he sees a street sign. It's got the Swiss flag on it. <laughs> so what started in Munich ended up in Zurich. And, and, and he found his way to a police station who thankfully spoke English and they had a bit of fun with him, took the mick out of him and eventually got him back to what was familiar um, back in Munich. I guess the question I have is, how did I get here? How did I get here? And this is where we pick up Jonah's story again. And we're going to read it um, from chapter 2 at the end, verse 10. And it's just one sentence. Um, And it says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now that might not look like it's got much significance in it in the the sentence itself, but actually I want to focus more on where Jonah is mentally and emotionally in this place. Because this is probably a really difficult place for Jonah. It's not familiar to him. The people probably don't speak his language. He's in a really unfamiliar place, and he's probably really confused. And he's probably asking the same question, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did it go so wrong? How did I mess this up? Have I, have I blown it? Is this just what life looks like now? Is this just where I'm heading? Have I just got to accept that this is the reality for me now? How did I get here? And I guess maybe some of us resonate with some of those questions. How did I get here? What went so wrong? How did this get so tough? And I guess maybe some of us feel like we have been walking around this metaphorical Tarshish, which is where he is. Walking around this metaphorical island, this metaphorical beach, whatever it is. Thinking, how did I get here? Battling with confusion, battling with, you're probably angry. Maybe angry with God. Maybe, how did you let this happen? How did I get so far away from where I should be? 
What happened, God? And here's the thing. I, I think there's a common denominator between us and Jonah. I think there's one thing that we have in, in common with him. And it's that the fear of the unknown for Jonah ultimately redirected and redefined his life. It ultimately redirected and redefined his life. I wonder maybe as the fear of the unknown redirected and redefined your life. Has it redirected and redefined your life? Maybe this morning you feel like you've kind of veered off course. Maybe you had the opportunity once, Christian or non-Christian, to pursue something. To, there was an opportunity for you and, and you were going to pursue it, but the fear of the unknown told you that the wrong direction was the right direction. Or if you are a Christian, maybe you felt that God spoke to you and told you about something years ago, something that you were called to pursue or, or to chase after, but the fear of the unknown of that thing directed you in the wrong direction, but the fear told you that the wrong direction was the right direction. I wonder if any of us feel as though that we, I guess that fear has told us that the wrong thing is the right thing and the right thing is the wrong thing. See, that's the power that fear has. There is a benefit though, and we'll get to that slightly later, because the thing is, is that Jonah's story doesn't finish on the beach in Tarshish. Spoiler alert, it finishes in the place that God told him to go in the first place. So how did Jonah go from this emotionally heavy space this place where he felt confused, angry, just didn't know where he was going from there, to heading to the place where God actually told him to go in the first place. How did that happen? And it's actually really, really simple. You see, in the fish, Jonah had a conversation with God. And he said yes to him again. I will move again. I will move again. And that's all it took. All it took was for Jonah to say, yeah, I've gone the wrong way. But I need... God, I want to go the right way. And, this, and you see, the thing is, is that maybe that's the case for us. We feel like we've gone the wrong way. But all that needs to happen is for us to say, yes, God, I'll go again. For him to swipe us back into motion. See, the promise that God has for your life, and by that, I kind of mean that, well, I personally believe that every human life has this thing that they're supposed to fulfill. A calling or a purpose or whatever you want to call it, a direction that you're heading in. And this is where Jonah was headed. He was heading towards his calling or his purpose. That's what Nineveh represented for him. And that's what he was pursuing. And, and, and maybe you feel like that you missed that. Maybe you feel like you don't really have that. Or maybe you feel like you did and now you don't. Or maybe you do feel like you have that. But staying on course is just as hard. And Jonah, Jonah ends up in Nineveh. And I think that the only reason that he ended up in Nineveh was because he was willing to move again. So we're going to pick his story back up in uh, chapter 3, 1 to 6. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. 
Now, sackcloth is this piece of clothing that's really, really uncomfortable. Um, and people wore it in that, that context, that culture, um, to show that they realized that they've done something wrong and they want to right it. And they're changing who they are. And so the people put on sackcloth. And when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. So even the king did this. So what's changed? This is a pretty drastic transformation for Jonah. One minute he's on this island of Tarshish, and the next he's in the place that God asked him to do, and this entire city has been changed. What happened? Well, I think it's that he was willing to embrace the fear of the unknown. And that ultimately redirected and redefined his life. But this time, it was for the better. This time, it pushed him closer to where God was kind of trying to direct him, to the person that God was trying to show him he could be, to the calling, to the purpose. And by the way, that place is so fulfilling. It's such a place of meaning and and direction and fulfillment. And this is what happened when Jonah realized that all it took was him being willing to move again. And the willingness... To, to embrace the fear of the unknown in your life is the exact same thing. That can redirect and redefine your life as well. But that's all good, uh, you know, in, in theory. But I guess the other question in our heads is, well, am I actually capable of doing the thing that God's asked me to do? Um, can I actually do it? Is this something that I have within me? Well, I mean, Jonah went to Nineveh and basically said ten words. And the whole city was transformed. He didn't even properly do it, in my opinion. He walked into the city, and I imagine him saying something like, yeah, God's going to do some stuff in 40 days, you're in trouble, see you later, and ran off. But God transformed an entire city through Jonah's kind of half yes. And you see, it's never been about whether you're capable or not. It's always been about whether you're willing or not. It's never about really that you say, you, you are, you're willing to say yes in the moment. It's, it's whether you're willing to say yes at all. And so Jonah decided that he was willing, and he said that to God, and God swiped him back in, into motion, into direction towards Nineveh, and that changed his life, but it also changed the lives of the people around him. And you see, when you face the fear of the unknown in your life, it not only transforms your life, it transforms the ones of those around you. And that's what we're called to. That's what this is all about. That's what happened when Jonah faced the unknown in his life. And that's what will happen when we face the unknown in our life. And there's three things that I've looked at when I was looking at Jonah um, that I think we can do to get back on course. Because it's all great, but how do we actually get back on course? And if you feel like you're on course, well, how do we stay on course? Because that's just as hard as well. And so the first thing is to call for help. Sounds quite basic, sounds quite simple. And I guess you could call for help for God, but actually what God wants us to do is he wants to call for help from those around us. The whole purpose that we are in this building this morning, the reason our connect groups meet in the midweek, why everything happens in this building and everything connected to this building is because of community. God did miracles through other people in the Bible. Every miracle that Jesus performed in the Bible was through other people. Not because he didn't want to do it on his own, but because he wanted us to see that we have that same power in us. We have that same ability. 
And so when we are walking away from the place that God has called us to go, when we're heading towards Tarshish, when Nineveh's over there, we can, we, can, we can be walking, but the people around us can say, hey, no, you need to turn around. You need to turn around and face what God's got for you. You need to turn around and face what God's got for you. And God gave the people that you do life with to you for that purpose. That building is for that, this, this building is for that purpose. Use the people around you. God's given them to you. Second thing is turn around. Again, another kind of basic statement, turn around. I think it's really hard for us in our culture, our society, to, to actually turn around and say that, okay, we messed up. We found that difficult. I think we have an issue with vulnerability and we can't really talk about our emotions that well or what's going on in our lives. And we give the blanket statement that everything's okay, everything's cool. Just busy. Just busy. But actually when we turn around and we face the reality that we've walked away and we're 2,500 miles away, which is how far Tarshish was from Nineveh, by the way, and we can't even see where God told us to go anymore. We turn around and we say, do you know what? I'm going to go again. And God swipes you back into motion. He pushes you back towards where he called you to. But you're not just physically turning around. You're actually switching your perspective. You're turning from saying, right, I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to control the direction of my life. I'm going to take control of everything. And you're saying, I'm letting you go, God. What do you think about my life? Where do you think I'm going? Can you help me? Can you guide me? And then the third and the final thing, if the band could come back up for me, is to catch the right boat. Catch the right boat. I want you to picture this metaphorical kind of harbour. And in that harbour, there's several boats. And one of those boats is destined for Nineveh, the place where I believe God might be calling you to. In that harbour, there's about five, six, seven different boats that are all pristine and, and, and promise to take you to some glamorous locations. But the boat to Nineveh looks a little bit dodgy. It doesn't look like it's going to get you there safely. And I think it's no coincidence that when, at least in my experience, God has spoken to me, that all the other alternatives become apparent. All the other boats become much more clearer in your vision. And it's so easy to just, so, to just go and say, I'm going to go on that boat. I'm going to go to Tarshish. I'm going to go the opposite direction. The fear of the unknown is too much for me. I'm, I'm going that way. And the thing is, is that those boats are designed to keep you on the boat. They're designed to bring you back. It's an experience. Cruise liners, they're designed to, to bring you back. But the boat headed for Nineveh was never meant to contain you. It was just a vehicle for God to transport you to the place that you should be, to the place where God has called you to go. And maybe this morning, if you're not a Christian, maybe, maybe getting back on course for you looks like giving the idea of getting on the boat to Nineveh a bit of time in your thinking. 
Maybe it's worth a conversation with someone. Maybe it's worth exploring. Maybe that's what that is for you. Or if you are a Christian, maybe, maybe it's saying to God, I want to move again. I want to go again. God, take me to Nineveh. Help me to face the fear of the unknown in my life. Redirect me. Redefine me. Guide me back to the place where you have called me to, God. Help me get back to the place where I should be. We're going to finish now. And me and Hannah, when preparing, really felt like we wanted to do some sort of response. Um, so yeah, why don't, why don't you go? Yeah, so we're going to sing together in a minute. So why don't, you, why don't you stand with us? But then also, why don't you close your eyes? We're just going to respond to to what's going on this morning before we sing and I feel like there might be there might be some people and this is this has really resonated with you that um, we're coming to this time in September like we've spoken about and maybe you are really asking that question of how did I get here and uh, maybe you just feel like you've drifted a little bit or wandered a little bit and that's okay and you're asking how did I get here but all that you need to do right now, imagine that um, metaphorical harbour that we spoke about, is all you need to do is catch the right boat. All you need to do is say yes. And so if that's, if everyone could close their eyes, if that's really resonated with you, that question of like, how did I get here? But God, I really want to, I really want to move with you. I really want to move where you're going, where you're leading. And I want to say yes to that. I wonder if you could just put your hand up now for me. And then we're just going to pray for you. So if that's really resonated with you, how did I get here? God, I want to move where you're moving. Would you put your hand up? Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And Tom's just going to pray for us. Father God, I want to pray for these guys. They've got their hands up right now. And they're saying to you, I want to move again. I've veered off course. But all I need to do is say yes to you again. And that's what I'm doing in this moment. God, show me what you have designed me for. Show me what my life is meant for. Give me purpose, give me meaning, give me direction in this season. Father, would you bless these guys? Would you swipe them back into motion? Would you bring them back closer to where you're guiding them? But Father, help them to maintain the course. Help them to maintain their path. Because the thing is, is that the boat leaks sometimes and that it gets bumpy and it's not always simple. But Father, would you help them to, to, to get through that? To get to their Nineveh and to see you work in their lives, but the lives of people around them as well. Thank you, Father.